Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and it's great to be back with all of our listeners again today. To open up God's Word once again, read a little bit more, study a little bit deeper, and try to understand a little more of God's teachings for our lives. Now, we try to really get in depth in these particular studies and search the Scriptures, but at the same time, we try to give an explanation that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily lives. We want to help people learn how to follow God his way, not just some way, not some way that even a whole lot of supposed preachers tell us we need to follow God, but we want to help people understand what God, through his word, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, really tells us as to how he wants us to follow him. We encourage you to come and visit with us. Check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Many of our radio program listeners over the years have done that. Many have stayed on with us. We're thankful for that. But that's all to God's glory. Come and get to know us. Let us get to know you. Study God's Word with us. Grow spiritually with us. Worship God with us. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study. And on Wednesday evenings at 6.30, we come back together for, right in the middle of the week, a good time for some further study from God's Word. Bible classes every Wednesday night. You're welcome to any and all of these services. We hope to see you soon. We also encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, it's free. It always will be free. We keep emphasizing we're not after people's wallets. We just want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive on your smart device, whether that's your phone or computer or whatever you choose, automatically you will, you will receive this radio program. Search the scriptures every day, Monday through Friday. We know a lot of people listen on a regular basis, but they can't listen every day because of their schedule conflicts. Well, this way you can listen every time you have the opportunity, at your convenience. You can just download it and listen to it. But you'll also receive a lot more. You receive our Sunday morning Bible class, Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a short Bible study every day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day. Keeps us in God's Word, though. And since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, well, that's crucial for the strengthening, the growing, and the staying strong of our faith. And that short 13-minute study each day is called Today's Bible Class. Now, all of that will go to your smart device automatically, and you can download and listen at your convenience. So we hope you'll do that and tell your friends to do the same. Sign up for our podcasting at churchofchrist.com. We're going to get back into our study talking about a spiritual famine in the land. Now, we've looked at We've looked at Amos chapter 8, verses 11 and 12, and here God, through his prophet Amos, he prophesies a very unique famine that was going to come, not just it was just going to happen naturally, God was going to bring it upon the land. Now, this would be on the nation of Israel as it had come to be 
called, and this would have been the ten tribes of Israel to the north after the nation of Israel as a whole had divided following the death of King Solomon. Now, from that point onward, when you look through the Old Testament scriptures, Israel is usually referred to, or rather those ten tribes to the north are usually referred to by that identity, Israel. The two tribes to the south are usually referred to by the identity of the biggest of those two tribes, and that would have been Judah. Now, in Amos chapter, Amos chapter 8, and we look at verses 11 and 12, we read this. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God. So this is not Amos making this up. Amos is simply conveying to the people God's word. The days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water. And so this would not be a common famine, something that would be by natural consequence of maybe a drought on a, on a, long, on a long-range basis, or maybe just the crops aren't producing in the land. He's not talking about physical food. He's not talking about physical water. So this is not going to be a famine of bread. It's not going to be a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. This is going to be a spiritual famine, a famine that makes it difficult for the people to find the word of God. Now you say, how, how could that be? Couldn't they just pick up their Bibles? Well, these people, these were supposed to be the people of God, He raised them up to be his people, but they had gone so far from God, well, they had forgotten his word to a great extent. And the sense that we're getting here is when we read verse 11, or verse 12, rather, Amos goes on, God goes on in his word here, his pronouncement, they shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord but shall not find it. Now you might say, well, if they're seeking God's word, why would he withhold his word from them? I don't understand. Well, you see, they had already turned so far away from God's word. They had already become so unfaithful to God through the worship of idols that God, through his word, continually warned them against doing And he continually told them, if you go off into that direction, you start worshiping statues and images and carvings, I'm going to bring grievous judgment upon you. Well, they did it anyway. Over a period of time, they they went farther and farther into the worship of idols, that practice, and farther and farther, subsequently, away from God. To the point where they weren't walking by God's word any longer. Oh, they'd give it some, some... piecemeal kind of attention, but for the most part, they weren't walking by God's word. And so they, what Amos is prophesying here, what God through Amos is, is telling the people, there's going to come a time you're going to need to hear from me. You're going to seek a prophecy from me. You're going to be praying to me, asking for deliverance from a particular situation, a calamitous kind of situation that's going to confront you. Now, that would be an enemy would rise up against them, a foreign enemy, 
and begin to conquer their land. And God says, you're going to look for my word. You're going to look for my deliverance. You're going to try to seek a prophecy from me. Your supposed prophets or holy men are going to be are going to be calling upon me on behalf of the people, but they're not going to find the answer. They're not going to hear the word. They're not going to receive the word of deliverance. It's going to be a spiritual famine in the land, a famine of my word. Well, does that sound familiar in relation to where our nation is right now? Our culture, our people are moving farther and farther away from God. Now, that used to be kind of a drifting kind of movement, gradual, but I'd say right now, we're on a runaway train, moving at breakneck speed. Our people, our nation, our culture is rushing away from God. Now, I know there are still people out there who believe in God and still attend church services someplace. I know there are people who still read their Bible. But the powers to be, and unfortunately, I'm afraid those are, to a great extent, political powers, or at least they're going along with the major influences of our culture right now, and that would go all the way down to our public school system, and so on. I mean, we're being told things that are absolutely in contradiction to God's Word. We're being told we need to believe the opposite of what God's Word says. We need to, to accept what God's Word calls wickedness, evil, sin. We need to accept it as being good and righteous. And we're being bombarded with those messages all the time. Our nation is diving into a spiritual famine. Well, North Israel, they were supposed to be God's people. And he told them, because of the direction in which you have been going, I'm going to bring a famine of my word upon the land. You're going to seek my deliverance. You're going to be so much in need. You're going to be so concerned about what's coming that you're going to be looking for word from me. But you won't find it because I will withhold it from you. We looked at chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, and the prophecy goes on. For surely I will command and I will sift the house of Israel among the nations as grain is sifted in a sieve. Now, that is really graphic imagery. You sift flour, sift some sort of grain through a sieve. That's a screen, and it's, it makes the grain finer, and it keeps out the impurities because they won't fall through the small openings of the screen that is the sieve. But what, what God says here is, I'm going to sift you among the nations, and that imagery is, is portraying or prophesying, I'm going to scatter you people. I'm going to remove you from your land and scatter you through foreign lands. In verse 10, he goes on and says, all the sinners of my people shall die by the sword who say, the calamity shall not overtake nor confront us. Do we have that mindset in our land today? 
We think we're so big and tough, and we think we're so powerful that nothing could really come against us and bring us down. There have been a lot of nations who had that fallacious mindset through history. Some of them are no longer nations. But a whole lot of them, most of them, are no longer the mighty nations that they once thought they were. Think about that. God says, all the sinners of my people shall die by the sword who say the calamity shall not, shall not overtake nor confront us. The ones who are so arrogant. And in many cases, I think we're to understand these would be the supposed prophets within North Israel who would be prophesying to the people, to the king, to the government officials, hey, God's not going to let this happen. Let me tell you what God's going to do. But it was all false prophecies. They were making it up. We're being told a bunch of stuff today that is to our own destruction if we continue to walk down those pathways. Now, let me give you a little bit of background as to the nation of Israel, those 10 tribes to the north. At the particular time that this prophecy was given, this prophecy was given during a time of peace because, you see, Israel's enemies had been defeated. She had no foreign would-be conquerors knocking at the door waiting to cross her boundaries. Her enemies had been defeated. This was also a time of great military might for that nation. The king had raised a mighty army. And it was also a time of abundant economic prosperity for that nation. Again, do any of those characteristics sound familiar? to us today? We're a nation at peace. We're not fighting any wars against us, particularly and specifically. We have a mighty military power, and we have incredible economic prosperity. All of that characterized Israel at that time so they found it easy to ignore God's prophecy. And isn't that the way with a lot of people today in our country? As long as things seem to be going along really well for them, they've got a good paying job, or they've got at least a lot of income coming in, everything looks pretty hunky-dory for them. And they look around and they say, hey, there's no enemy dropping bombs on us. Look how powerful we are. Look at the, the might of our economy. But all, and so they find it easy to say, why should I go to church? Why should I read the Bible? Why should I pray to God? Why should I try to live that righteous Christian life? Things are great without it. I've told the story many times about a young man I knew. I watched him grow up in the Lord's church. And then he drifted away, became unfaithful. And one day, I believe he was working in a supermarket, and one of the church members came across him and asked him, 
why, why don't you come back to church? And he said, because everything's okay without it. <laughs> I remember talking to another man one time who apparently had been, at least in his mind, a dedicated Christian, and he no longer was, at least not to that extent. And he told me, he confided in me, he said, you know, I thought if I, if I stopped being dedicated that I'd get struck by a bolt of lightning or something. But you see, that didn't happen. And so he took comfort in his drifting away from the dedication that he had once lived in. Devil's skillful. He knows how to work on us. He knows how to try to convince us that everything is okay not walking with God in faithful dedication on a consistent basis. The devil's skillful in convincing us you don't need the church. You don't need to, you don't need to read the Bible. You don't need to pray. You don't need to be thinking about your souls so much. You see, when things seem to be going great, it's easy to ignore God. But God is still there. And the consequences will still be suffered by us for our unfaithfulness, lack of dedication, for our sinfulness and wickedness. Well, it was not very many generations down the road until the nation of Israel was conquered. And the prophecies of Amos, and that was the prophecies of God through Amos, were fulfilled exactly and in minute detail. The nation was absolutely conquered and devastated by a foreign power. The people who were not killed during that conquest were taken to foreign lands. Well, except for the old and infirm. So a few people were left behind. But the vast, vast, vast majority of the population was taken into captivity in foreign lands, exactly as God had prophesied through Amos. He sifted them, he sifted them as wheat or as grain into other nations. We need to come out of our arrogant mindset in our country right now and realize that God can bring us down just as he brought Israel down. And they were, again, raised up to be God's people. He gave them the Old Testament scriptures to point them toward the coming Savior. And he brought them down when they became unfaithful, ungodly. He can bring us down. 
no nuclear missile begins to be as powerful as the snap of God's fingers, if you can imagine him having fingers to snap. God is the creator of the universe. He's the creator of all life. For us to turn our backs on God, to thumb our noses at him, is the height of arrogance and also foolishness and stupidity. Now, this is not the only scripture text that speaks of such a situation. We go back to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 7. And I want us to read verses 25 and 26. And notice the similarities here. Destruction comes. They will seek peace, but there shall be none. Disaster will come upon disaster, and rumor will be upon rumor. Then they will seek a vision from a prophet, but the law will perish from the priest and counsel from the elders. Sounds like the exact situation, doesn't it? That God through Amos was prophesying, and now he's prophesying through Ezekiel. Basically the same scenario. The law will perish from the priest and counsel from the elders. A spiritual famine. A famine of God's word upon the land. We go back to Psalm 74. Psalm 74. And I want us to read verses 9 through 11. And here the psalmist writes, notice again the similarity. We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, nor is there any among us who knows how long. O God, how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? Why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand? Take it out of your bosom and destroy them. Well, sounds like similar language, doesn't it? But you see, when mankind moves so far away from God that they're, not, they're just not following God anymore, according to his will, they've just moved farther and farther away from him, then God can move away from them and let them wallow in the muck and the mire of their arrogance and stupidity and foolishness and their sin and wickedness and evil. And whenever a people, a nation, a culture moves away from God, the devil automatically moves in. There's not going to be a vacuum. And when a nation, a people, a culture move away from God, they're automatically going to move into sin. The devil's going to fill the void. Well, let's stop today. And we'll come back and look a little further next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us your word to guide us. Please help us as a nation, as a people, and as people all over the world to open our eyes to your way through your word so that we can look forward to eternal life, to eternal victory with you. Please, please help us to see the foolishness 
of not walking with you. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.